but God, I'm in a church and I'm just, but God, but God, but God, but God. Philip was obedient. And he's, he just said, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. For us, that seems crazy. But what? Why would, you, why would you stop doing what seems to be working? Why would you stop doing things where there is fruit, where there is success, where you see people coming to know Jesus? Why would you stop and go out into the desert? Well, because God said to. When the Holy Spirit says, go, you go. Okay. So here he is. He packs up his stuff and he goes. The world would say, it was foolish. But God, God's wisdom goes beyond what we can imagine. God had a plan. If Philip is obedient to God's plan, then God's plan will come to fruition. How do we stop God's plans for us? Uh, yeah, we do. We do. As a matter of fact, uh, a man named Morgan wrote, if Christ is hindered, it is because some Philip is not willing to go. So the question you have to ask yourself, this morning it's all going to be about what's happening outside the four walls, and it's going to be about what's happening in your seat. Is your seat so comfortable that you're not listening to the call of God on your life so that you would go out and be obedient to him? to reach the lost with the gospel? Are we in a comfortable place? And you say, wow, you know, Pastor Kevin, you don't know us. You come in here and you start talking like, oh, we're some church that's, that's you know, we're, we're, we're a good church. We've got small groups. We've got Sunday school. We have Sunday worship. We have Wednesday. We've got dinner. And then we, we, we have time for, for study, the adult Sunday school. Oh, we do all this stuff. I bet Philip had that same kind of thing going on. And God said, go out in the desert. I got a plan. So he gets out there, and you'll notice I'm kind of, I, I, I'm not going to open up every single line in this passage. I'm not gonna, going to expose everything. We could be, we really could be here for two and a half hours. Or, and then two and a half next week. I, I'm not sure Pastor Steve has that in mind. So he goes out into the desert and he runs up to this, to this, this chariot. He's like, this is a chariot of a guy from Ethiopia. He doesn't know him from anybody. And he runs over to him because God says to. And what's the man doing? He's reading out loud. Now, that wasn't uncommon in those days. Think about this. This was a man who worshipped in Jerusalem, which means he came from Ethiopia. He believed in God. We don't know a whole lot more about him. We know he was wealthy, he was powerful, and he had some, he did, had some serious personal wealth because he bought a scroll, and they were expensive. It's not like going to Amazon and, you know, or, you know, filling something in your Kindle. Somebody actually had to write the scroll. They hadn't invented Xerox yet. <laughs> Email wasn't around. I share that for the young people. And what's he doing? He's reading from Isaiah. He's reading from Isaiah. 
and he's reading a passage, 53.7. Isaiah 53 points to the suffering servant, points to Jesus. It is, his heart was already what? It was open to the gospel. It's another old word. Did you hear it? Philip was obedient. The eunuch's heart was open. His ears were open. He's reading this. And as he's reading this passage, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. There was Philip. The eunuch had questions in his heart. He's going, I don't understand this. His heart was ready to hear this. And Philip was right there because why? He was obedient. If we're obedient, God will put us in places where there are people who are open and ready to hear the gospel. Do you believe that, church? Okay. Do you believe that, church? I was promised heckling. I can't even get an amen from you. Come on now. The the idea that, that God's plan is greater than us sitting in church on a Sunday morning, than us sitting in church on a Wednesday night, than us being part of a small group Bible study at our home has to be here and has to be here. We have to be aware that God's plans have stuff like this in it. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. His name is George. George is from Liberia. And George was telling me the story of how he came to know Christ. George and a friend uh, were Muslim, and they were living in the Ivory Coast because of the Civil War in Liberia. And his friend came to him and said, hey, there's a pastor from Liberia that's just come into the place across the street. Let's go harass him. Let's go ask questions that he can't answer. Let's go really attack this guy. They were, they were planning, both of these men had, were on a track to become imams. It's the Muslim version of Pastor Steve. <laughs> Best description I had. So they're on their way to this, and, and, and Pastor George and this friend walked in, and I say, Pastor George, you know something happened here, right? They walked in, and they started peppering this man with questions, and he stopped them, and he said, are you born again? And they said, well, no. He said, then let me only tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me only tell you about Jesus and the salvation that he offers. Because if you are not born again, then you do not have the spirit in you. And you will not understand the things that I would say to you that would answer your questions. That makes things so simple, doesn't it? And you know what happened? The friend was still belligerent, but God had worked in George's heart, and George wanted to hear more. And suddenly, he found himself standing there saying, wait, I'm, I'm a Muslim. Why am I into this so much? And he prayed to receive Jesus Christ, and he went off to seminary, and he's now pastoring a church in Manchester. God can open hearts that we can't even begin to imagine. There are people who are ready and waiting and willing to hear the gospel, to hear the good news that we have.
How can we not find ways to do that? A lot of us try to focus on, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. Let's focus on what God's done for us and share it with those that we meet, those that need to hear. You say, wow, Philip was very bold. That pastor was very bold. We serve an extremely bold Holy Spirit. Did you know that? He isn't a shrinking violet. He's not somebody that sits in the back and hopes somebody's going to come forward. He is ready to go. He is always, always, always bold in us. And you know what stops him? It's when a Philip says no. So we have Philip being obedient. We have the eunuch being open. And we have God who orchestrated the whole thing. Another O word. Orchestrated the whole thing. Philip said to him, then let me teach you. Let me teach you. You don't understand this? The eunuch asked. He explained. God orchestrated this whole thing. The obedience of Philip allowed it to happen. The openness of the eunuch to hear the gospel was the work of the Holy Spirit. Philip's call was the work of the Holy Spirit. What did Philip do? He just said yes. What did the eunuch do? He just listened. God orchestrated the whole event. The whole event, everything about it. And then the eunuch just does something that blows my mind. And I got to tell you, for anybody that's, that's, that's ever tried to share the gospel with someone, you, you don't imagine, gee, let me jump in your chariot, go for a little ride and have them stop and just go, okay, I'm ready, let's be baptized. I would be jumping for joy. Please baptize me. Okay. Do you believe with your heart? That Philip wanted to make sure of that. Do you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord? So here, what are we saying then? What are we saying? It's saying that God will orchestrate the opportunities for people to hear the gospel in our lives. And I'm saying that all we need to do is be obedient to his call and be praying that the people that we're talking to had open ears and open hearts. So hear God and obey him. Pray for open ears and open hearts, and then expect him, expect him to orchestrate events to lead him, leads others to him. God used Philip to reach this eunuch, but do you think the eunuch who, who what does it say here? And he went on his way rejoicing. Do you think the eunuch went home and just sat on his thumbs? No. The eunuch went home and started telling people about Jesus. He was on fire. This was a man who bought a scroll. This was a man who, who went all the way to Jerusalem to worship. This was not a, a, this was not a shrinking violet. This was somebody who's, who was, had power and authority and had a voice Do you believe that that there weren't people who got saved in Ethiopia because this man heard the gospel from Philip, that God orchestrated this for just one man? No, God's plan is much larger than that. There must have been seeds planted. 
So Philip had the opportunity, by being obedient, to change a nation. Oh, come on. Really? Do you, have the, do you have what it takes to change a nation? By yourself? Pfft. Even if I came with you, that would probably drag you back. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit in you? And you know, I'm, I'm pointing at Pastor Steve, but the reality is the Holy Spirit in you has the power to change a nation. We have seen men used by God to do amazing, powerful things. Think about Moses. Moses took on one of the huge world powers. No, he didn't. God did. Moses spoke for him, and look what God did. David. David took on Goliath. No, he didn't. God did. Look what God did through David. Gideon and the 300. How about the apostles? Twelve men who changed the world. No, they didn't. God did. Do you think the apostles ever looked and said, this is going to look good on my resume? No, they were, they were amazed at what God could do. And you say, well, what? this is all well and good, but we've got time. There's a story that Hudson Taylor tells about uh, he was, he was in, in China, and he was talking to a man named Mr. Nye, and he was telling him of the gospel, and Mr. Nye was very excited about this, and, and, and Hudson Taylor's feeling pretty good about sharing the gospel with Mr. Nye. And Mr. Nye says to him, how long have you had this good news back in, your, uh, back in England? And Hudson Taylor suddenly squirmed in his, in his place, and he said, well, it's, it's, it's been a while. It's, it's, he couldn't tell him it had been thousands of years, hundreds of years. He couldn't say that to this man because the man was thinking this was all brand new good news, and he told him, and the man just cried out and said, you've had this news all this time? My father passed 20 years ago never knowing this. Why didn't you come sooner? Why didn't you come sooner? So here's my mother. See, I, I didn't forget. I'm getting back to it. Here's my mom. She is with the social worker. We had a backup plan. If the pastor had to leave, and he did, there was somebody else coming in. Her name was Madeline, and she was going to come and speak to her. All these friends of hers that, that I knew that were saved were going to come and talk to my mom, and everybody was going to get a shot at this. No matter what it took, they were going to find a way. We had it all set up. My friend Ed and I, we had it all set up. It was all ready to go. And then he called me and said, this is what's happening. And my response was, I had to choke back. Yes, go interrupt. This is too important. Because what I heard was, don't you know I'm God? Trust me. I said, no, let it be. So, the pastor who was there was visiting, visited with my friend Ed. He left. 
Ed was sitting in the room. And this woman, who had met my mother for about five minutes, walked in the room. She was a friend of my friend. Looked at him, said, hi, how you doing? Walked over to her bed and began talking to her. And she shared the gospel with my mother. And as she got into it, all of a sudden, my dear sainted mother, right, stopped her and said, that's it. That's what I want. Now, the woman, really not, not having been familiar with this passage right at that very moment, kept trying to teach. Okay, good, let me tell you more. And my mother put her hand out and took her hand and said, no, that's what I want. I want that. I want to know that I'm going to be with Jesus. I want to know it. You're telling me how I can know it. And the woman, right then and there, prayed with my mother to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. 73 years old. She's in bed, she's dying of cancer, dozens and dozens of chances, and this was the one that God chose to say, look what I can do. If you just trust me. This woman didn't know why she had come that day, but she was obedient. My mom had open ears and an open heart, and she was ready to hear it, and God orchestrated the whole thing. And my friend called me and said, you'll never believe it. He said, after all the times that we've shared the gospel with your mother, she just got saved after a five-minute conversation with a woman she didn't even know. And my plans went right by the wayside, and then I got to say, wow. This is the God that we serve. This is the God, when we, have sung, when we sang these beautiful worship songs this morning, we weren't singing to some God who doesn't care and isn't involved. This is a God who is orchestrating events. And you say, well, what do we do? What do we do? I'll give you a couple of ideas. There's a church plant in Manchester, New Hampshire. As a matter of fact, there's a church plant in Nashua, too. I don't know if you knew that. If you haven't met them, you should. Take the time to think about how you can be a part. You, you don't necessarily have to quit your job and go out and plant a church. If God calls you to that, though, let me tell you, don't fight it. It really isn't worth it, because he's going to find a way. But, but, but even every last person in this room can be a part, can be a part. We have, at our church plant in, in Manchester, we have two Bible studies during the week. I'm hoping to narrow it down to one, because I teach them both, and, and as you could tell, I'm a little busy. But the idea is we have Bible studies, and we're trying to reach out to people. Do you have friends and family that live in Manchester? Do you know people that live there? Anybody? Call them up and say, hey, we're going to go. We're going to go and we're going to hear God's word. Emmaus Church, our church, meets on Sunday evenings at 5.30. Again, you've got someone you know in Merrimack. You've got someone you know in, 
in, in, in some of the surrounding towns that are between Nashville and Minnesota. You call them up and say, hey, I met this crazy guy, and, and, and I want to go and, and hear him again. You don't have to tell them that I'm, I'm boring and, I, and you don't want to really listen to me, but you've got to be able to be ready to tell them, hey, come and, come and hear. Come and see. Come and listen. Come and be. Let them hear the gospel. You show up with them, I promise you they're going to hear Jesus. They're going to hear his word. You say, well, our Sundays are really busy. Come during a weeknight. Come for a Bible study. And if you're looking for something that's even more exciting, I got to tell you, there's a brand new Bible study starting out in Greenville. Our worship leader for Emmaus Church is a, is a friend that I have known for four years, and, and he, has, uh, he owns a restaurant out there, and, and no, this isn't a plug for the restaurant, it's a plug for the Bible study. He owns a restaurant out there, and one of his customers came in and started asking him some questions, and you know, they had bantering about, and I went out to visit, and I got introduced to this man, John, and John said, well, I, I, I want to know more, so I spent about 40 minutes with John sharing the gospel with him. John had come from a background that didn't actually uh, preach the gospel as we know it. And suddenly he went, wow, I'm saved. And so we had more of a conversation. Now John's talking about getting baptized. Stuff like this happens. But John said, we need to know more. People around me need to know more. He lives in a trailer park, uh, uh, and, and he's got this opportunity to use their, their center, uh, their, their, their office center. They've got a big room. They're putting up flyers all over Greenville and Wilton and Milford, inviting people to come, but he's got 200 people in his trailer park, and they're starting a Bible study. And do you know what that is? That's the core team being built for a church plant in Wilton, Milford. And you say, well, how do we get involved? You come and see me afterwards, and I give you the information, and you say, I'm going to go. It's, it's, it's two Tuesday nights out of the month. And you say, why would I go? I don't need a Bible study. I've got Bible study. No, you go and you bring somebody, or you go and you help. You go and you pray. You go and you guide. You go and you take part. You actually stand up and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to obey. So that's a whole bunch of ways that you can get involved. A whole bunch. How many of you think that that's a little bit scary, what I just suggested? Be honest now. How many are a little bit nervous about the idea? Yeah, good, thank you. At least there's two honest people in the world. Uh, three. three. Some of the honest people are really shy about being honest. It's kind of like, yeah, me. Uh. I got to tell you, when I said, I'm going to go plant a church instead of finding a, a new job. I was nervous. I had, I had left, uh, been, been pushed out of a job where I was making, I was making a, a good deal of money. And I said, God, how are we going to survive? How are we going to make it? I got news for you. Three years later, he has not let us down. I don't know how he does it. His accounting's good. I don't know how he does it. It's astounding. We keep on going. It helps that my wife is obedient and she works and supports my Jesus habit. (laughs) 
If this is just, hey, you know what, we had a guest speaker today, he was funny, he told a couple of good stories, maybe only one, I don't know, you know, uh, he, he, he wore a blazer just so he could, uh, he, could, he, could, he could put Pastor Steve on the spot, that was the only reason I did it, by the way, and, you know, and, and, and he got up and he, he, it was a good message, yeah, it was nice. If you walk out with that today, then please, please, please don't walk out, come and see me. Because it means that the work's not done yet. Because God didn't just call one or two of you. I don't know who did the count today. Anybody take a count? There's a good number of people in this room. And I put it to you that from the youngest to the oldest, God has called you to be obedient. Because he has open ears and open hearts just waiting for the people of Nashua Baptist Church to rise up and witness the orchestration that he has in place. Now, this is all well and good if you are saved and you know Jesus. And if you don't, a lot of what I said may have just been nice-sounding words. You might go, oh, that, that guy's invested. He's got a little passion in him. I want you to hear the gospel. If you haven't taken that step, if you haven't taken that leap that the Ethiopian took, I want you to hear the gospel right here right now today, and you say, wow, do we really have time for that? And the answer is yes. Because what is the gospel? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came, humbled himself to be man, to be like us, to fight off the same temptations that we have, to suffer the same things that we do. And he walked among us, and then he willingly gave himself up as a sacrifice, bearing our sins, taking every sin that I have ever committed, everything I've ever done that separated me from God, everything that you, we have ever done that separates us from God, he took them upon himself and he hung them on the cross. And he hung them on the cross in the person of himself. The Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, humbled himself to be our lamb to the slaughter, to be our sacrifice. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. And people hung him on the cross horrible way to die. And even though he was God, even though he is God, he was and is man, and he died. And then three days later, and if you're a visitor today, come back in two weeks, you're going to hear this in a, in a big way. Three days later, he rose again. And the call that we have in our lives is to reach out and say, he did that for you. If 
you have not received him as Lord and Savior. That's all he's asking. He's crying out and he's saying, have open ears. Have an open heart. Hear this message. I did this for you, and all I ask is that you receive the gift. You just say, yes, Jesus, I will be yours. I pray that you would take me, as, uh, take me under your wing, that you, would, that you would forgive me my sin, that you would, give me, uh, you would give me peace and comfort in my life, that you would free me from the bondage of sin, that you would, that you would be my Lord, that you would be my king. That's the prayer that I have. That's the gospel. I get a little wordy. You can just say he came, he died, he rose again, and he did it all for you. So let's just have a moment. If there's someone in this room who hasn't had the opportunity, hasn't taken the time, and you may have been coming to church for a while, but I'm that new guy. I'm that one that doesn't know you personally. I can call you and say, hey, today's the day. If you have it in your heart to take that step, if you, your ears were open and your heart was open and you're ready to receive this as yours, then I would ask you to stand up and come up here. I would ask you to, to come up and pray with Pastor Steve. Come up and pray with me. Come up and pray with one of the deacons of the church. JB will even run up here if you need him to. Come up here and be recognized as a new believer in Christ, a new follower of Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have, had, uh, that you have taken the time this morning to work in this place, to work in the hearts of people, that you care so much about us that you have not let this just go. Your word has reached people's hearts this morning, Lord. I thank you for that. And I ask that you would touch those in this room who need to take that step, that you would call them forward, that you would give them a heart that is ready and willing to receive you as Lord and Savior, that you would make this the day, Lord, that you would orchestrate this in such a way that all in this place would leave here one body in Christ, one spirit in them. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.